Welcome to the Soul Tribe Podcast. The Soul Tribe Podcast was created to help you navigate through the world of spirituality, wellness, and self-development in an easy, grounded, and relatable way. We break down everything from the Akashic Records, manifesting, spirituality, and so much more. We want to help expand your boundaries and bring the spiritual world to you in a fun and easy way. Get ready to be inspired with tips, tools, and easy-to-digest information. Let's do this. Hey guys, this is going to be a good one. A bit of a long episode because you guys know that when we start talking to Crusoes, we can't stop. Um, but this is what we kind of left off with in the last episode with Christos, the cliffhanger that was the alien stories that Christos has to share with us. So this was really exciting. Lauren and I were, um, were kind of, you know, biting our nails before we got on the call with Christos and it was something that we were really interested in hearing about. Cause you get the take on like people's view on aliens from like a I don't know, a government worker or a whistleblower. But there's not a lot of individuals that you hear their like stories of knowing that they bumped into an alien. Um, so this was super cool to hear him tell us his experiences and also like what he learned from those. So that's why it, it you know, went on for two hours and a half, I think it is the episode. And it would have gone on for way more, but as usual, you know, poor Christos has a life too. <laughs> so yeah. We're going to leave all this with you guys. Enjoy the episode. And yeah, don't don't be scared to comment and tell us what you think, what you got from it, what you know, how it made you feel, whatever feedback, because we're really interested to see how his stories and his experiences impacted you. Um, but enjoy. I know that I got a, quite a few people that contacted us and said, you left off with like a cliffhanger. <laughs> <Big one. laughs> I felt the same way though as well. Oh, so amazing. it's pretty obvious that you're here to talk about aliens with us. Yes. Those <laughs> <So>, ones. <laughs> I know that you have more than one story, but before like you had, I wanted to ask you before you had your first experience, did you like think about it or did you already kind of have a feeling like you knew it was something that existed? The, the in, in my thought process, you know, I'm quite a logic person when it comes to spirituality. I see a lot and I, it needs to be, you know, just because I see something doesn't mean it's real. You know, a thought form is not real until it becomes manifestation. I was very smart as a kid and I realized very quickly just looking into the sky we are definitely not the only consciousness in the universe that would be so arrogant in all shapes or form. And much later, of course, um, you know, I had my fair share of experiences with something flew by, something showed up, something disappeared. And in my, I want to say my childhood, mm, late 70s, beginning 80s, when I wasn't a kid anymore, I was in my teenager years, it was very popular, the idea of um, crop circles and the whole mechanical invention around it. There, was the, there were the gadgets, the um, 
the sonars, the you know all these quite for today primitive equipment, and we saw you know all these bearded, geeky-looking guys running around in circles in these crop circles and picking up something, picking up something, and I think from an early understanding that there is something, of course there is different planetary consciousness. Our whole civilization, by the way, is all based on where we're coming from the stars. Look at, I mean, from the most primitive to the most, you know what I mean? They're all like we're coming from there. Yeah. Sky, the universe is always a reference point for home, for origin, for um, come back, you know, all that stuff. And the buildings we have on this planet, all these pyramids on the sacred places and so on, they kind of resemble the idea yeah. of a memory. I always, I believe strongly in cell memory. And I think that when a certain trigger point happens, um, a switch turns on and helps you to bring this memory to consciousness. And when this happens with more people, you see, the collective wakes up, then we're going to have a much bigger access to, to um, the, the, to take the, the logic that, of course, we can't be the only development in this world. It's impossible. It's crazy to think that, I think. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's literally arrogant and it's literally also not logic. Yeah. And then the clay tablets, like you'll see clay tablets of, you know, little aliens in next to the little people figures that they were drawing. So they, they were believing it back then as well. Oh, yeah. Well, this is why I really like the people from Ancient Aliens, which is based on Erich von Däniken. Erich von Däniken, if you haven't, if people want to go into the idea of ancient alien theory and all these concepts, um, is a good starting point because he started, I think, in the 60s, if I'm not mistaken, to devote his life to this concept. Of course, for him, everything is aliens, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes things are spiritual. Sometimes they are angelic. Sometimes they are of a different spiritual, energetic nature. But for him, it's aliens. And that is not, you see? So what alien theorists often miss is the consideration that something is, has a spiritual nature. Mm -hmm. Because, um, and beyond this, of course, what Erich von Däniken did, I think, very early, he asked the right questions. So when you read his big book, which is Chariots of the Gods, and he's not saying it's aliens, you know, he says, why is this there? Why is this depiction there? Why is there a helicopter and a submarine on the temple ceiling in, you know, in Egypt? Obviously, there it is. I don't make it up. I can photograph it. Still there. Why are there landing points, Nazca lines, basically, you know? I mean, from today's perspective, the Nazca lines are nothing but landing, uh, you know, arrival points, so to speak. You know, that's the concept. Yeah. So yeah, do I believe yeah. in it? Of course I believe in it, you know, <laughs> because there's too much physical evidence too much physical evidence. And then we have the opposition here, which is the vastness of the universe. That means, can they really travel here, overcoming this vastness of the universe? Not in space. I will, okay. come, 
I will come to this point later. I also want to say, to me, it also feels like governments and certain people are trying to hold stuff back, which, and they're trying to push us in another direction too, mm-hmm. to believe something. So I think that plays against all of this evidence that we have too, right? I'm always super, super careful with all these kind of governmental ideas because the conspiracy theory, any kind of conspiracy theory is planted by agencies that want you to believe in that theory. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, just the other day, uh, just to compare how easy it is, Foster was watching The Undoing with Nicole Kidman. He's obsessed with her. So he was watching because it's this mini-series about who is the killer, okay? Who's the killer? And I'm sure by now everybody saw it. It's pretty obvious who it is. So it was, you know, and the end of the show was, it was exactly who we thought it was from the beginning, you see? So, but the show complicated things and twisted and everybody said, maybe it was the maid, maybe it was the butler, maybe it was the kid, you know? No, it was pretty much... The same thing is what theor- what conspiracy theory agencies do. They do exist. They do exist. And their job is to put a theory out there, let some nutcases, nutniks, and real interested people jump on it, and then let them basically eat on the bone. Yeah. These are all distractions. Distractions. Mm-hmm. And destruction, maybe, but these are all distractions, <laughs> you see. Because and it's like to what? To not get us, I think that it's to not get us to see what we really are and that's us exactly connecting with that. It's dangerous for them. Look, um, Lucia, let me tell you right from the beginning I had a massive fight once with a couple of people. Not fight, usually I tick people off quite easy. You know, I enjoy <laughs> it too, you know, because again, I'm not an academic here, but I'm an observer and I ask the right question. So if you look at Darwinism, and Darwinism speaks of, which is true in biology, one species goes extinct to make room for its evolution, basically. Of course, there's no dinosaurs anymore. They evolved into crocodiles, giraffes, and God knows what else. Obviously, you can track it back. So Darwin goes so far to say that human humanoids come from the ape race, you see. But if the Darwin and biological concept that we are learning still in school, that we are coming, that, you know, we are evolving as a species. That means that an unnecessary mm, development is, makes room for the most, for the better equipped variation, right? Then if we come from the monkeys and we are the, the evolution, then why are there still monkeys? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Right? Oh my God, they're yelling and the screaming. You can't imagine, you know? Oh, yeah. Because it's a spiritual perspective, it's an energetic perspective. And it's also a common sense idea, you know? I don't know if we're like, I, I do see how like the movement of the bodies and like the standing, how like the monkey thing would come into play. I think that we have D, our DNA partially has alien in it already. Well, the thing is that evolution. And that's what nature does. Nature always does a carbon copy print of its original. And I believe that the ape family, the gorilla family, the chimpanzee family are all mm, a safety net, so to speak, nature's safety net of her blueprint in case we ruin ourselves. 
which we we have been doing for years, right? Like, I mean, like Lorena. I mean, obviously, obviously, there's still enough people who don't believe in global warming. Yeah, you know. So nature does something very interesting. Nature provides a genetic possibility for evolution, for the sheer fact of if it's valuable, it will survive. Not in the same shape and form, but it's an evolved form. That is biology. You can ask any biologic PhD person. That's the idea. That's Darwinism, which I partially believe in, of course. But it doesn't make sense to say that's how it works. But, you know, the monkey still decided to be around. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's weird. It's you think weird. about it that way. Yeah. And it's also very difficult when we talk about an alien idea. Is It's very difficult for people to understand that we are not the most technically um, si- technically advanced civilization on this planet. There I have, always say joking around, we're like okay. the dumb cousins or something. <laughs> there has been one before that, exactly. And that is what I asked very often my guide. I went into a spiritual territory and said, okay, I need some explanation here. You know, w- what happened? And so I'm referred very often to the flood concept. And my guide said, look at the flood, not necessarily as the ocean came and rose and everything was kaput and, you know, five people, you know, survived and created what's now population. He said the flood is very much a, um, also a, a energetic consciousness, which basically takes only those who are open and ready to go with that flow and the rest who resists therefore goes down. We are in a very similar thing to say it in a very tragic way uh, because I know so many health workers and they say, I have people with COVID who are dying and still say it doesn't exist. Same idea, you see, same idea. In other words, if you believe it, it has, it has value for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Um, nevertheless, you know, there's a denial in our society and between that society that was technologically, we call them Atlanteans, right? We talked about that last time. So there were, there are, there is evidence for mathematical understanding, which cannot be explained even with today's computers. How did they build this? How did the, um, this African tribe in the middle of freaking nowhere know that there is a constellation exactly on the degree that is their home. And say, no, that's where we're coming from. And then NASA, decades, decades later, came and said, we measured it. We ran it through the computer, and it's basically just a difference of 0.1 degree. Wow. Explain this to me. It's, you know, it's online. It's everywhere. It's books. It's, it's documented. Yeah. And we have so much of that. And I think when you find... This is now my first little hint into alien um, development and alien connections is where you find mathematical evolution, you find alien connection. Numbers are the language of the universe. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Not symbolism, it's numbers. Yeah. It's codes, sequences. And that's what's going to make wherever we have mathematical breakthroughs, there is some form of a alien element 
look at all these stories of um, like Tesla, how often he says he's been visited, you know? I mean, um, and then there's um, the guy who, who dreamt of the DNA strain and uh, suddenly said, or atoms and said, I kind of woke up and that was the idea, you know? Yeah. So when one of us on this world has a, has a conscious breakthrough, we all follow this breakthrough. It doesn't mean we do it fast, but we all follow. So of course I said to my guide, when are they going to show up? Mm. My guide said, you're not really asking this because they're already here, already around, you know, and they're already in a, Yeah. Absolutely, of course, you see. So there's enough evidence of this, but we cannot understand. You see, what I want to avoid is that people think there is a super advanced race on another planet, on the other side of the galaxy, who takes their ships, flies across, right across the universe, comes here, picks you and you, picks you up, <laughs> 8 billion people, does sexual stuff with you on the plane, <laughs> and flies back and says, that was exactly what I came to do. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't sit right in my mind. Yeah. Again, yeah. is it possible? Of course it's possible, but it doesn't sound right to me. Because still, the vastness of the universe, the distances are just too large, even for advanced ships. Yeah. So mm. the only way that I understood, and I'm going to tell you later why I came to this conclusion, because I asked somebody, um, is through the mastering of the time continuum. Yeah? Therefore, okay. the, the Einstein-Rosenbridge, for example, you know, that theory of a wormhole, of a, of a curve in the time continuum, that is real. Yeah. That is real because it's a mathematical formula. Well, then, are, are you, do you believe that then they're taking their ships through that wormhole to get here? For sure. That, how else? Like, that reminds me of the movie that Matthew McConaughey did. What was the name of it? It was really good. Interstellar. Interstellar. I think yes. Interstellar had, interesting enough, a very well-researched mathematical background. You know, that it wasn't just a sci-fi story where we say, okay, it's fantasy, you know, because it's really not possible. But he really went to, I don't know, God knows who, and got advice about, is it mathematically um, um, possible from elements? You know, is it possible if you do this? We have the theoretic possibility all written in our history books already. It goes back to Newton, you see, but they were not capable in their consciousness to solve the mathematical formula. But now we have random kids, by the way, kids, random kids who are smart enough to solve these, uh, basically between playing Nintendo and going to a concert, they just solve the mathematical problem, so to speak. <laughs> we have a lot of those. So numbers, numbers and calculations with results are the way to understand aliens, their presence, their travel um, opportunity, and also, and I asked this, Mike, I said, what is this UFO thing? You know, why do they always speed up so fast? We see this now with all the documented stuff that comes out from the government, by the way, yeah. right? Yeah, 
Yeah, we have it. It flies around. There's the pilot. You hear it in real life and real time, and uh, it goes in. Yeah. That zhup is a mathematical formula to activate a time continuum. They, they travel through time. If that has time and space, I can't answer this, but I know that they bent time somehow. So do you think they're time travelers? Which is why they disappear yeah. so fast, kind of. So yeah. they might not be living in this in time. Because well, also yeah. it makes sense, because in the end of the day, in the end of the day, if you travel to another galaxy, right, and that takes a certain amount of time and you come back, then um, th this is what you mentioned in the movie when they, remember in Interstellar, they go to this planet, right? The, the, the spaceship is here, then they go down to the planet where every minute is like seven years. Yes. Right, remember? And then they return after an hour and he's like 90 years old or something. That is, you know, a very um, astrologic and astronomically a very common idea, you know, it's, it, it has value, it has merit. And um, um, the ability to, to, the only way to understand the speed which we have recorded now in so many variations, also the speed by which these cornfield uh, crop circles um, are created is based on that concept that they can create a vacuum and travel through. So for me, Elliot's are not, I'm flying with my spaceship just to do sexual stuff on people, get their <laughs> DNA, God knows what crap comes out and fly back and that was it. It is much more, much more a time issue. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. See? Yeah. Issue. Yeah. Well, all these pyramids, for example, I'm just saying, we went to the Cheops pyramid. I was in there. The only thing I couldn't really grasp was time. Yeah. We feel an hour and we came out after seven. Wow. We did a little pyramid, a, a replica of um, uh, for meditation in a garden, Foster Garden, of course. When you go in there for 10 minutes, you come out, literally, you look on the clock, it's an hour later. Okay? Good. So what a pyramid energy does, in general, it bends time. Okay? There are many, 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 many stories and evidence that time stops, clocks stop, um, you know, energy is refreshed, uh, blades stay sharp, food doesn't go bad. All these things. Just also, makes me want to put like a pyramid over my house so I have time to do all my the crap I need to do in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I do like the idea of, um, and I remember meeting this um, archaeologist who wrote a book called, um, um, oh my God, it was a, a German book. I think it was called the translated the the star the stargates of Egypt something like this. Um, he disappeared after a year, so you know disappeared. Um, but he said you know that they found certain devices he would call it gates, which seem to produce a vibration by which you could get into one place and go to another place. Mm -hmm. But the difference was time that they 
that they experimented somehow with things and um, it looked older. It looked wasted. It looked um, used to some degree, that object, so to speak. Difficult to explain, but he said everything that came through or went through, basically in our experiment, looked older than it was two minutes ago. Wow. So, alien visitation, UFO is a time issue. They're visiting us through time, not through space, because the space is too vast to travel, even for super advanced. Even if they do light speed, even if they do light speed, it still takes a gazillion years to get from one side to the other. Yeah. This is what it is. You need some kind of a mechanism to come here in a different um, condition, I want to say. And that's why I could easily, easily identify when somebody was real, you know, a real alien or not. They're very different energetically, right? Completely. There is no energy. That there also no just, energy. yeah. And that also makes me think because I've seen a lot of like shows and it's more like, a, like unsolved mysteries. There's a whole episode on people that were abducted, right? And it's weird because it's like they lose, they lose track of time. So that it's, makes sense yeah. now. They lose track of time. It's they all insane. say they lose track of time and they show up somewhere else. And they're in yeah. a completely different there area. Go. There you go. Exactly. Oh, look at yeah. it. Research it. Always when there's something alien about, something with spaces, areas, which are known for things to disappear, look at time movements. In that area. That makes sense. I went so to like, the forest. I came out. It was an hour ago. It, three days passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they didn't have any areas like that. Yeah. So would that be a portal there? You can call it a portal. Or or a doorway, a portal, a stargate of some sort, a field which can transfer you through time. Mm -hmm. With space, again, from what I understood, not yet, because again, it would be too vast, you know. Um, but the the idea is that I can only describe like this the way I understood it was that time is like a cable and the wires inside the cable is space and that space obeys to time hmm. yeah, that's why there's also the, the idea of bilocation, of course. You know, yeah. the a very um, quite well-known phenomena that is documented and happens to very rare people. I think they just by accident tap into this energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is too much evidence of world maps, guys. There are world maps which are, can only have been created if you were flying up there. <laughs> There's no way. Now, did a UFO come, put you, put a guy in and showed him? Yeah, no. I don't see it this way. What I see is that you can tap into this frequency and it's basically very close to what we talked last time about. It's an astral experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It's an astral experience. Your astral consciousness is zoomed up, so to speak, and you can see clearly the outlines. They draw it. They're, they are in museums. And now we know, more or less, that um, Columbus did not discover anything. He borrowed that map and just followed it. <laughs> you know, the story he got lost and everything. No, he literally followed a map which existed. And these maps are interesting, are without the ice caps. It means that you can see the shoreline of Antarctis. And that can only be possible, first from above, and second from a time frame where there was no ice yet. Hmm. See? So aliens visit us, of course they do, but they visit us through a time consciousness. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, because you're talking about like, they come here and they pick these two random people, for example, and oh, sexual experience, whatever. A really good um, story about that I read was the Betty and Barney Hill, right? Mm -hmm. So Betty and Barney Hill supposedly were both abducted and then they both, many years later, I think it is, which is another common thing. Years later, people remember it. Um, there you go. There you go. Look. But they were saying it was part of like a DNA hybridization program where they wanted their DNA. So it wasn't like a sexual thing. What is your take on that? I read a lot about it and I saw a very good documentary about it. To me, these two people look, first of all, naturally spiritual in nature. I think mm -hmm. both of them could tap very easy into these vibrations, that's what I want to call it. I don't see usually a deliberate tagging on people. You know, I met people because I wanted to see it. People who said, I got abducted, they did sexual stuff with me and my body has scratches and you know, this stuff. I went to these groups, listened, I couldn't see it. Usually, if something happens, I can see like a Netflix in your aura. There must be a, you know what I mean? That's yeah. why so many husbands are afraid of me because, you know, oh, my God, my wife, you know, gets me scanned by this guy, uh, you know, and it never <laughs> ends uh, in most cases. But the idea is I went and said, let me see what there is. There's two problems for me. On one side, I know that alien energy cannot be seen. It, an alien an, an, an extraterrestrial entity doesn't have auras or chakras. Clearly. So I know some people who are born like me. They, they, they never learned auras. They are like me. They can see it. They can sense it. They can smell it. They can touch it. And when I met them, I said, have you ever met an alien? They said, oh, yeah. And they all said the same thing. No energy, no chakras, no colors. No vibe, no nothing. It's like, it's like a dress-up doll, basically. You know, obviously talking. There's, but there's no sensation of um, a vibe, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You see, mm. because they don't belong in our consciousness. Yeah, our energy field. Are there any like famous people that you were like, ooh, this one doesn't have that energy? Not yet. Not no? yet. But I do see sometimes, interesting enough that you say this, sometimes I see with some people temporarily shifts of their chakras. That means that, you know, you know, chakras 
first chakra, second, third, you know. Sometimes I see that the whole chakra sequence is pushed up. That means the first is in the second, the second, the third, the third, the fourth, the fourth, the fifth. And sometimes I see pushed it up first in the solar plexus, second in the heart. Oh, wow. Third, yeah. So that the chakra, what we think, what we know is chakra, is pushed outside the physical body way into the etheric body. What is and that causing them? Either a break, a mental breakthrough, an invention, an understanding, a, oh my God, I got it, a eureka moment. Yeah? Um, when you say uh, famous people, Tesla had this, for example. Every imagery that I've seen of Tesla, he is not, he's not of this world. Mm, okay, I get he it. He is, yeah. but his chakra level are literally, he has the, the, the first chakra literally in his throat and the rest is outside his energy field, yeah? And wow. look what he created. Yeah. Look what he created. This you can't make, you can't do it. You have to have a, mm, a natural, what is the word? Predisposition to that, I guess. For it, exactly, yeah. And so I do see, see this sometimes in people temporarily. Mm. But in my understanding, it must come with some kind of wow moment. Something that is like, did you see that? That is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A moment like this is, for example, when we hear stories or we read about the um, history of the natives in Mexico, right? When they see ships on the horizon and th they can't see them because their brain has never processed an image like this. So they see something come and say, what is that? You know, the brain says, I have no understanding of what it is. This is a breakthrough moment. See, and that happens very often, especially when people take drugs and overdose. Yeah, that's why an overdose or drug abuse with time can force your chakra levels to go so in disposition to your body that you're basically always feeling attacked. I see demons, I see the devil, Jesus speaks to me, I am uh, Mary Magdalene, um, I am Moses, you know, then starts the, because there's not literally no grounding, no connection to the, you know, it's like yeah. wiring the house different, you're opening your tap in the kitchen and your toilet is flushing. <laughs> the idea, you know? So the brain cannot follow anymore the logic energy um, consequence, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, so uh, can you tell us, like, your experience? What was the first time that you had it in front of you? The like, first time of my experience was, it was, we were, I cannot say too much about it, but it was within a complete different group where something came through, a message. And this mes mes message gave us coordinates and said, if you want to meet somebody from an outer experience, the word alien didn't come up, go there. So we grabbed our cars and went there in the middle of freaking nowhere, in the middle of Germany. I must have been 17, I think, quite young. And um, we went. And it was 
when we went to this area, which is in the mountainous um, areas between Germany and France. This is the area. It was the most bizarre experience when you're driving in a field that I can only describe like underwater without water. Every movement became heavy. You wow. know, it was almost like being not out of gravity, but like a roller coaster, you know, kind of the gravity, the push takes over your body. Yeah. That's what it felt. That's what yeah. it felt. And uh, I was not alone. We were about like, like eight people, eight, nine people. And um, in the middle of the road, in the middle of nowhere, there is this guy standing. No energy, no chakras, no aura, no light, no halo, no vital energy. And, I thought, and he looked like, like you guys. It looked normal, mm-hmm. you know. But again, something not right about him. Mm-hmm. Okay, something not right. And um, he was just standing there. I mean, we're talking about the middle of the forest, basically. He was standing there. And, um, you know, we talked. And, as, of course, you know, my friend said, where's your UFO? Where's your spaceship? And said, right above us. Was right. it telepathic or was it you were actually speaking? Okay. No, actually speaking. Yeah, right above us. But you couldn't see it right above you. You couldn't see. You could feel it. That's what that dense energy was then. Like going from a hot sauna into a really cold pool. That is the difference of sensation from one step to the next step. You, wow. you, you, you stepped into something. Mm-hmm. You felt you're stepping into a different kind of, you know. So, again, remember the concept of time. We went there. Our watches stopped. No one's watch work. And that was the, the digital cycle, you know, the, this uh, Seiko watches, you know, the digital. Yeah. All the batteries down. Empty, which is very common when such a field is there. So what is it like suck the energy out of it or something? I can't tell you what it is, but again, for me, interesting is the only witness of time dies. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're back to the time frame, and um, we had experiences. We talked some things we were allowed to talk about. Some most we were not allowed to talk about. So they told you don't talk about this. Wow. Yeah. Was it scary? Did you feel any? Look, I remembered very much, um, um, you know, it was, I think, right before all these slasher movies started, you know, a group of friends <laughs> go to the cabin in the woods, you know, now every B movie, horror movie is like this, but it was very much five friends go in the cabin in the woods and, you know, the slasher sits there. It was eerie, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we got coordinates. I mean, what can we have to do? We drove like six hours or seven hours. That was what? Wow. We drove this thing. We drove, you know. You guys were really sure we were, about it. We were laughing in the car and said, you know, isn't it funny if we end up at McDonald's or if we end up, <laughs> you know, at Chanel? You know, we would make this fun. <laughs> the coordinates were, were literally, this, this is before cell phones had these maps on. You have to remember, this is with a paper in my hand. Oh, oh, goodness. I think there's a road to the right. I mean, there was no update. The map was like 30 years before. Yeah. So it was interesting. But again, you felt 
the feeling that I can compare to was being in a hyperbaric chamber. Oh, wow. That's how it felt. That's how it felt, you know? And you feel, you know, your ears are popping and everything, and that's how it felt. And the, the exchange was very, very much um, comforting. Don't be afraid. And mm. again, my friend said, you know, where's the UFO? He said, it's within the time frame. And I remembered this much, much later. And I thought, I think they don't travel through space because it is too vast of a distance, even if it's technology. They, they travel through time. So they are time travelers, not space travelers. So, I mean, what were, was, I mean, I know that you can't share all of it, but what you can share, can you tell us, I mean, was there a re specific reason why they were here? They, from what I understood, they were, these specific, this specific race from many, many, many other races was very interested in galactic or cosmic evolution of mind. So there's a big difference between, well, a small difference, but a massive impact. And what I took from it is, and I said, why are you not showing yourselves? Why are you not? First of all, the collective consciousness is not yet ready to believe. Yeah. When the collective consciousness comes together and has enough members, <laughs> then you created a, 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 um, a morphogenetic field to speak in uh, biologic terms, right? Rupert Sheldrake always created this morphogenetic field idea. You create enough of a dynamic so that we can respond to this dynamic. Action-reaction is still um, the universal law. It's defined mm -hmm. by law, you see. We, they can't just show up to a, to a race which, you know, we can't even agree with our neighbor on, a, on our political views or, or you know, yeah. please put the fucking mask on. Sorry to say this, but, you know, put it on. What alien would show up and say, now let me save you. Also, the idea of some groups that think that aliens will come and save us. No, they will not. Hmm. Also, because somebody in my group asked that, and we're talking about decades ago, and he said, as long you believe that somebody else can save you, you are lost. Yeah. You are lost. Your religion perpetuates the idea Jesus will come, Mohammed will come, angels will come, Satan, Disneyland, Frozen, Pinocchio, somebody <laughs> has the power to save you. Said, as long you believe that something has the power to save you, you know, which also was the idea of it indicates that something is wrong. You yeah. see, and said, as long as you think that something is wrong and that you need fixing, you are detached from your power and we cannot come in. Otherwise, if we would show up with what we do, you would worship us like gods. You are that fast and willing to give up your guard and just worship us. Oh, yeah. And that's why this is a big galactic no-no. That so, makes sense. You see, and so they don't come from space to space. They come through time and say, let's see at what point in their evolutionary stages, you know, we can make them into members mm -hmm. of a larger picture. Yeah. Do you believe in the Galactic Foundation? 
I don't know if I believe in it per se, the way it's described, but I do believe that we all share um, that we all share a the con for me the concept um, of the collective unconscious is not just planetary here, Earth. It is universal. And I think when this consciousness evolves and goes on a higher state, I think then we can definitely talk about a form of a union to some degree. You know, there are already terms like this, um, white brotherhood, brotherhood of light. You know, all these things are already precursors to this concept of understanding that higher beings come together in a group dynamic, ascended masters. It's mm -hmm. the same idea, you see. It's based on the concept of that those beings, and that's where I wanted to say, and that's what I understood from this conversation. And one, I only had these two, one here and one when I came the first time to the US. Uh, and all I understood is the big difference between your race and my race is that we think infinite and you think in finite elements. Oh, wow. We don't believe and think collectively in infinite forms. We cannot connect. And that was so transformative. Of course, I was like 17. What did I, I couldn't even understand the concept correctly. But in my second visit, it came up again. My second visit, my second uh, introduction to this uh, kind of <laughs> energy, which was again, um, uh, just a few years later when I got my graduation gift to come to US and I ended up in a diner, you know? I want, I'm, you know, look, I want, you're in America, you need to go to a diner, you know? You don't need to come <laughs> on shows like Columbo and Rockford, and you know, these, these, the streets of San Francisco, you know, my mother loved these shows. And you saw that, we're gonna go to a diner, it's the most American thing to do. And there's this dude sitting there no aura, no chakra, no halo, you know what I mean? No vital energy. Sits there and watches. So, of course, I sat down and said, where do you come from? And uh, where are you from? And what do you do? Uh, he was not surprised. He was not called the police. You know, not, nothing. So he just looked at me. And he made this gesture like, like confirming to you. No. Yeah. Like it's very subtle. And because he felt um, not trapped, but caught. Yeah. And so he said, we are here to see how, if time is good to you. Again, always when I go into aliens, I go into time. You know what I mean? I cannot stop this time continuum element. Yeah. It's less about traveling spaceships, they're flying, they're coming, they're building, and they disappear. It doesn't make sense to me. You see, it does make sense. But I do believe, I do believe that um, in the meteorite sperm theory, I believe that life has started through meteorite, um, uh, meteorites and asteroids crashing into planets and so on. I do want to say that a, a galactic race which is capable of infinite thinking just, you know, 
in other words, doesn't accept a limit because realizes everything is limitless. I do think that they have contributed, changed our DNA, contributed something and gave it in. It is described, it's an alien process, it's described in the story of Prometheus. Prometheus, of course, steals the fire and brings it to human, which is enlightenment. Lucifer, in the earliest form, does exactly the same thing. Prometheus is formed after Lucifer, somebody who steals the fire and brings it to the earth. So the concept is here for me, from a spiritual um, perspective, that um, when a, when a evolution took place in some galaxy and they realized we can travel through time to certain stages of evolution on other planets, we can give them something. And when I saw, I think funny enough, I think it's called Prometheus, it's that Ridley Scott movie, which is, if I'm not mistaken, it correct me, um, where this beginning sequence is an alien, a ship comes to Earth, early stages of Earth, he dissolves his body, he drinks something, dissolves, and all his molecules go into the water. And then it shows the evolution of humanity. I have to say, when I looked at this sequence, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so there is always, and that's what I understood the second time, when I asked the second time this visitor, as I want to call him, said, we are always contributing to consciousness. Nothing is more valuable than opening the consciousness. In other words, it was a lot about unlocking the brain, basically. Mm. You know? Yeah. Said, yeah. And I said, why can't can I see you? Or can I see who you are and not this person? It is because you already are born with an ability to see beyond the limits. You see, for you, it's normal. Uh, I didn't have to meditate myself into this state. <laughs> I don't even know how it is not be in this state. Right. So, you see, so to me, that was an easy access into this frequency. And it said you okay. will contribute every, in other words, every spiritual person in this world contributes to one goal, to create an infinite thinking society. Mm-hmm. That's all it's about. The moment we stop thinking, and that's doable and that's not, it's not evolving. The moment we think, I think it's all possible. That is the collectiveness. Mm-hmm. So like if that. everybody on this planet would, everybody for five minutes would say, yes, everything is possible, everything is accessible, everything is infinite and in constant development, you know, and grasp this, we would be basically surrounded you know, by energies you can't even imagine. Therefore, you see, there's so much more going on. I mean, I got a pretty good insight into this world of alien world. But um, also I met, you know, in my astral travel, like last time we talked about astral traveling, I met planetary beings who said, you know, we would never come to your planet because the idea of physically limiting yourself and thinking that this is a way to grow, it's it's you know, you know. With I don't mean to be rude, but I mean it sounds idiotic. See? Yeah. And yet we understand the value of creating a spiritual resistance doing that. That's what physicality is. 
I don't think I can deal with my life anymore. I want to kill myself. I want to hang myself. You know, all that stuff. And then we definitely do overcome it. We break through. We survive. That reminds me of a meme I saw the other day that was like, aliens pass by Earth, like go to a bad neighborhood, and they lock their doors. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's because aliens are from outer space and different consciousness. It doesn't mean they understand our planet. Right. They they don't understand our concept. They don't understand our value system at all. We would consider it primitive in their eyes. You know, they would say, oh my God, how primitive is this race? I feel that. I feel that. Do you know that really alien and this time energy field is very much connected to people who can channel? Mm. I'm looking at you guys. (laughs) When you do channelings in your Akashic realm, you are maneuvering through time. That's what Akasha is, right? It has every event in all time frames. So Mm -hmm. you're automatically walking through alien territory. Basically, you say... Yeah, even when you do a reading, you lose track of time. Track of time. Yeah, it goes like that. Exactly what it is. Always. Exactly what it is. And sometimes, me and Foster, we had two drives, especially one in Connecticut one in Connecticut, and we drove. And, you know, we drove through a certain park before Woodstock, interesting enough, Hamptons to Woodstock and into New York. And I looked at the clock and I said, did you notice that we just lost six minutes? You know? So sometimes you are driving through, I call it a time rift. I Mm. call it a time rift. Yeah, where literally I can look and say, you know, we just lost time or we drove now for six minutes, but 20 passed. This whole time thing lately, I've been thinking a lot about it because it's like accelerating, right? It feels so accelerated right now. Yeah. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. it. Uh huh. Oh, I feel so crazy. So, like, but what do you think? It feels like I have half a day now instead of a day. Yeah, I feel like I, I, what I used to fit in in a day were like, there's like six things. I can fit in like two now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's insane. So I do see, I do look a lot into time mm-hmm. as a concept of alien research. You see, therefore, I love this whole um, ancient aliens concept, but I mean, they're, they're banging the drum about alien come, alien here, alien this. You know, and again, sometimes... It's not alien, it's spiritual, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what they don't consider. It's all, you know, George always says, I don't, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens, you know? He always repeats. <laughs> and it's the fascination, but again, it's also the dangerous element because I had a group, when I lived in Germany, I had a group of uh, clients who went with this channel uh, I heard very briefly of her. I can't even remember the name, so I remember the story because she convinced them in a channel that the that they are chosen by the aliens. For this, they had to move to Mallorca, go to a very specific mountain place, and be picked up. And be and picked up. And people did. They sold their houses, gave up their, their children's funds. I mean... They literally said, yeah. So, of course, 
she went into like a freaking nowhere with them, channeled, God knows what she channeled. And interesting enough, um, there was a Kool-Aid moment. You have to drink something mm -hmm. to get rid of the body in order to be picked up by the aliens. Oh my goodness. Um, and, um, you know, and I had a client in this group, a smart woman, educated, you know what I mean? Really smart. She said, I don't even understand what happened to me. It was like she started talking about this neurotoxin that we needed to make sure the body can be shed. I'm like, am I killing myself here? You know, yeah. and she woke up in that moment. See, again, it's that fantasy of selectiveness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You and you, but not you. The Mormons made a whole church out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember so vividly reading as a child about the 144,000 members who will be saved by Jehovah, right? With a golden ship that will come and so on and so on. And so, of course, I asked my, my, my mother's friends who were, you know, in this church, they said, what, what's your number? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What number are you? And I said, I don't have a number. And why are you in this church? You're in a number because, you know, there's only a limited amount of, I mean, I was a kid and I had this logic already. But it is this, <laughs> this dangerous understanding. The aliens have put what you said, um, uh, Lucia, and I want to tap a little bit. And everybody who listens to this, please be logic, have common sense. There is no selected, um, selected um, tagged individuals who are being safe or something better. It's not gonna happen. Like, Jesus will not come back, finished. You know, he's done it once, he's not an idiot to come again, <laughs> but again. But this time, this time he would be caged at the border and kicked into Mexico, basically. So he's not coming back. It's that fantasy idea of being safe. Yeah. And they have something that we can benefit from that means we don't need to do the work anymore. And that's what I understood in my understanding. No one's going to take off the work. Oh, gosh. And take a planet and evolve it from here to here. That is the dangerous element that I understood with the years ago they talked about it. We are skipping the fourth dimension. We go to the fifth. Not unless you die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not unless you die. It was a big movement when I was in my 20s. It was a big movement, I tell you. They're still Cuckoo. talking about that. Cuckoo. You know what I mean? Cuckoo. Mm -hmm. Does it exist? Of course it exists. Is it accessible? Of course it is, but not at the stage of consciousness we are at the moment. Because it's not only the individual, it's the collective. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's important. And we are still connected to the collective. Absolutely. What you're talking about really resonates because I've been feeling or channeling lately a lot about empowering ourselves and how that needs to kind of be really important in 2021 because we're giving our power away everywhere. Like it's crazy. And we all need to find that within ourselves because that's going to help the collective too. Right. But that's such a good, that's such a good thing you're saying there. I think people really need to hear that. Yeah. I cannot stretch without, without saying it's wrong. But again, in my time, there were, it was look in my time when I was in my twenties, right? 
the 80s, it was really popular. The channeling aliens, the mediums. Uh, I remember this lady, Jasmine, who was running around, you know, I don't even know if she is still a mom, but she was absolutely convinced that you can live from prana. So she would run around and say, you can burn all your karma in 30 days or something. Um, and in stages, you would remove food and then water. Wow. You can suck on your finger if you want for the rest of your life. It will not burn your karma. No. You see what I mean? <laughs> because karma is not even a real thing. But that's a different story. You know, yeah. it's a very different understanding. But again, she convinced people, and I know people who followed the idea, I want to be pure, I want to be clean, I want to be something better than the rest of the world. And this is what bothers me, especially when we talk about aliens, you know, because people say we are selected, we are chosen. Okay, drink this because we have to shed the body. You nuts, but people are so desperate to be special, you see, among eight billion people. Now there is one, you see, this is the whole, I have people who say, uh, you know, I'm possessed by the devil. And I'm really, yeah, you know, you know why you from 8 billion people? Let's assume <laughs> he says, mm, there's one. You see what I mean? This has nothing to do with, and this is ego. That's this ego, yeah. Ego. 100. I want to be special. I want to be unique. I'm also bored in my life. You know, and I say to people, go and help homeless people at least do something productive with your life instead of sitting there thinking the devil chose you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy. You know, I, feel, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are like, I've been chosen to do this or I'm the selected one. I, I see that in this the is, spiritual world. And I do understand because we all come with a purpose in our soul. Yeah. And we come with a purpose from the beginning. And that is totally legit. You know that better, better than anybody. Absolutely. But when you get into a into an environment where, I mean, it's really a sign of our times that we have all these Netflix shows about cults at this point. You know, there's this uh, Nexium story, which, um, you know, I mean, it happened right in LA, right in front of our nose, basically. And I knew what was going on in this. We have Scientology, we have, um, you know, all these belief systems, if you follow what we say, you're going to be selected. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what is the selection? The teacher, the guru, just, you know, just has sex with you. Mm -hmm. you know? It's the arrogant, egotistic need to be special. That's all why. Because I always ask women, why would you even do that? You know, well, it gave me a great feeling, idiots. All idiots. It's funny, is I've never like I've never been able to understand that. I've always ever remember when I was little, I was always like, I want to be the person in the room, like, yeah, I like laugh funny and things, like I laugh really loud, but I always wanted to be the person in the room where you couldn't pick up that I was there. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to be in the background and do my own shit and be left in peace without mm -hmm. somebody bothering me. So I never really understood like wanting to be famous or stuff like that. Like I've never I never got that. Very often. Um, let's stay with the alien idea. Aliens, for me, is with time. But also, when we talk about aliens, we have to talk about channeling. Because that is one of the most dynamic forms of communication that we have. There is no stone 
plate or um, an orb which comes and talks to us, unfortunately, you know, I would love that. There is channeling. That means some of us have incarnations in other, in other worlds. The only way to physically travel to another galactic frequency physically is you've got to die here and choose to be reborn there. That's the only way. Mm -hmm. That's the only way. So, uh, is this the only plan of incarnation? Of course not. That's what we said at the beginning. It would be crazy. That's the only place in the <laughs> gazillion and gazillion of planets. I mean, let, let me hang myself up right now. <laughs> oh, crazy, right? Kool-Aid. Give me the Kool-Aid, you know? But uh, <laughs> the memory, the memory of being on other planets, having a different value system, we find this now collectively and look the movies that became really popular, Star Wars. I mean, it was so badly made. Let's be honest. The first ones, I mean, you know. I've never watched it. I've never watched it. My nephew was obsessed with him. And he was like six. And I just put it in front of him to be quiet, you know. Uh, you know, he wasn't into Disney, but he wasn't into that stuff. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, why would such a great community, a big community of people be so obsessed with it? memory, cellular, planetary memory. So we do carry alien DNA, some of us, in our system. We do, because we had an existence on this planet. You don't so, think that all of us do, you think that some of us do? Some, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. What would it be like, do you, like I hear, I've heard like from the tablet stuff that it's like 2% or something like that. No, I don't know about percentage or an amount, but I do think that um, when we when I stay only here, if I look at people like, look, you wanted famous names. If I look at people like Amy Winehouse, uh, Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, when I look at them and I got familiar with the idea of past lives, I couldn't see one past life in them. That was their first incarnation here. Really? Oh yeah. That means look at them. They are reckless. No concept of right or wrong. I'm going to drive like crazy. I'm going to take my clothes off. I'm going to drink, you know. I mean, it's all exaggerated in a short period of time. These mm. are first-timers here, here. But what I can see is also that they are from a different consciousness experience. You see what I mean? They have outer ex exoplanetary uh, lives. And they say, i got to get the hell out of here. So there only can be a part of memory that says, this is way too limiting for me. And what was I thinking even coming here? See, mm -hmm. so they're basically banging themselves through an incarnation, reach as much as possible in the shortest period of time, and out they go. You see, not much is written about this. The first timers. Yeah. The first timers, you know. And I think, why would you go that crazy one time? Never had an experience. Want to test out the limits? Mm -hmm. Oh, boom, dead. Oh, tested it out. See? And so the idea is here that um, we find memory in art. A filmmaker is nothing else but a channel, of course. A writer is nothing else but a channel. So we go into Asimov, of course. We go. Like Avatar, for example. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember um, when I was young how massive um, Star Trek was. The whole concept, 
And years later, somebody said that um, that Star Trek was based on a channel in, I think in Sacramento or something, that the wife of Steve Roddenberry was totally into channels. She would run from one to the other, apparently, and really liked the atmosphere. And that she ended up in a group or in a setting where one person would channel a extraterrestrial. And she said, Gene, you've got to come and listen to this. So she slept in there and thought, what the hell am I doing here? It's a very funny story that I heard twice now in, independently from people. So I do believe that, that when it comes from two different sources. And um, he listened to this channel and this alien says, we don't work for value of money. We work as a collective. We don't get uh, this. We don't get that. And out of this channel came Star Trek. Oh, wow. And you would be surprised how many very good people consult on these shows. Oh, I would imagine. They consult on these shows. Of course, their capacity as, um, as teachers or as readers, you know. But if somebody makes ever a show about Akasha, that should consult you and say, can you give us an insight? What does it look like? What can we do? So when consultancy spiritual consultancy happens in art especially now with the movies right um every horror movie that is worth its money it has a spiritual consultant it's not just you know pea soup and you know the devil but real you know a real understanding of ritual if something is you find real consultancy which means real spirituality lived every day finds its way as an advice or as a counsel into the art which again reaches through the television, through the, you know what I mean? It reaches yeah. up. There's a very good movie, which I found fascinating with the dumbest title. Um, it's called The Last Song. Who is it with? Do you, who's in it? It's just two people. It's just two people. It's a very small budget movie, but uh, excellent. Um, it's something like the last song, I think, or um, a sad song, something like this. And it is about basically a depiction of a ancient medieval ritual. It's called the Abramelin ritual, where at the end of a long series of initiations and rituals and very exhausting elements, you see your guardian angel and he will grant you a wish. The whole thing is based on Abramelin the mage, which is an old manuscript about these rituals and this woman and this dude do this for a certain purpose I looked at it and thought whoever consulted on that right. it's not one to one but holy crap you know I mean they went real real with these things so again you see we find unconsciously advice and counsel and experience in modern art Somebody says, I want to make a movie about this, about aliens, about channeling. What can we do? And now we have documentaries, of course. Now we have people, the internet, who are daredevils, and they go and find all kinds of information. Mm -hmm. See, the problem is, again, a lot of these informations are planted. There is a group who wants you to believe that stuff and say, just throw them a bone. They're going to nibble on it for the next decade. <laughs> That's all they do. See, so there is a master manipulating group that manipulates all the conspiracy groups and they don't even know. And it I feels have, that I, way. 
I have a title for them. I have a name for them. Um, I know how many are involved in this. And that's how much I'm going Okay. Well, now we talk about that. I'm going to ask you, I watched a, um, on Gaia, I watched a interview with a supposedly a guy who worked at uh, the Air Force, one of like those bases, kind of like not Air 51, but one of those like kind of bases. Yeah. yeah. And he talks about this thing called the Serpa project. So he says that he also met up with some other guy who had also worked um, in the forces and they had the documentation that showed that the Roswell crash, um, the Ebens, so it was Ebens supposedly, or at least supposedly the Air, the Air Force or the government calls them Ebens and they're like a form of greys. Uh-huh. They were the ones involved in the Roswell project and one of the Ebens survived and they call him Eben 2 is what the guy was saying in the interview and Eben 2 they did like an exchange project where Eben 2 stayed and they picked supposedly 12 individuals who went back right went back to the Zeta Reticuli planet uh-huh. um and kind of it was like does an exchange like an ex- does he say how it's supposedly a ship, but he, I mean, the guy only read documentation. I, I don't remember if he talked about like the form of it's travel. No ship. There is no ship. Even if they got a ship and started flying, it would take a billion years to get to the planet. There's going to be bones and dust. It doesn't. But what about the crash with a UFO? Like, yeah, what about all the stuff they find? Yeah. Can't that ship go through a wormhole? Yes. So let me give you a different idea here. Roswell, the beginning of Roswell, the public mentioning of something is happening and the beginning of modern, the art of modern conspiracy theory. Okay? Mm. It's just that. It's just theater to distract from something that was obviously in front of our nose for so long. What was in front of our nose is the inclusion of technology, the development and the speed by which technology took place. This technology, guys, comes from our ancestors. Again, we are not the only advanced technological society. There was one which was more and one before which was also more. Mm-hmm. Right? So this technology, so powerful, must be because they started creating a whole fantasy around UFOs which come and crash, of course, right here. And then comes the whole conspiracy element. It was a balloon. It was just nothing. And so <laughs> on. You see? So there is a fabrication around this. I looked at all these videos and all these, they're lying. It's clearly a lie. But the lie covers up something much more important, that aliens visited us in our early stages of our evolution and sped up our technological understanding and the technology was here all along. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting to that place of saying, now we find places which are older than the pyramids. Yeah. Now we um, we find elements which should not be able to exist, but here they are. So they, again, it's a very time-wise slow evolution, you know what I mean? But um, I remember, I can't even say anything too much, but I remember in Germany there was a guy I met, 
very interesting guy who had, I don't know how, super deep access to all these conspiracy groups and beyond them. I don't know how we did it. But all I remember is that he discovered so many things. I couldn't even make sense of it. But there was always a black car outside his shop. And I said, what is it, this car? He said, oh, that is the, um, you know, the, um, we would call it the, the FBI, basically, or the CIA or something. You know, the men in black, he says, they're always there since, I, since I'm writing my books. And all his books became, um, got on the index on the forbidden list of Germany, which were all conspiracy books, basically, you know. Oh. Um, but uh, he tapped into something that um, I understood very well, that there is a whole mechanism, a whole mechanism of distracting, you know what I mean, from what mm. is obvious. And that's what I understood in my years of channeling, of asking, of research. You know, again, museums very often, I think that these technologies have been here all along already. At some point, all along already. That the only power is the power of time travel, basically. Time that rules space somehow, in my understanding. And that means whoever has the power to create a time portal can change. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it is. It's powerful. That's what is the power. And so there are two dynamics. One that tries to keep this under wraps as much as possible for good reason. And others who are onto something, but think it's alien that crashes and this that crashes. I mean, you know, there's never real receipts about these concepts. It's never a real receipt. Then we have the guy who is in Area 52. 52. Yeah, what about Bob Lazar? Actually, it's a, so Bob, for example. Now, Bob is interesting because Bob had a Bob was trapped. It, it's part of this Philadelphia experiment concept. When I looked at Bob, in you know, there's videos where he talks about it, right? I believe every word he says. Oh, I believe him. I believe he doesn't seem like a liar. He doesn't, he's not a liar. He talks about a real experience. He's also traumatized by the experience. Oh, yeah. But it's a time travel. He says he sees, he sees ahead, like, no. he says he sees like an alien. He thinks he sees an alien and there's parts and then there, he's, he's, he's describing the parts of the ship um, right. and the technology right. and stuff. Like, right through a journey of time, which means somehow, again, they use the time, linear time element to move material. Now, I'm not a dumb person, quite smart, even I can't understand this yet, but this is how I see it. Materia is wrapped in time and pushed through a specific directive, back and forth. Do you think that a time traveler always knows they're time traveling or do you think that the consciousness is just taking it to a different place? Like did, did Bob, if he was a time traveler, did Bob know Bob, he was a time traveler? No, Bob, Bob. Bob was physically there and he realized I'm yeah. physically in a different place. But you mean like after I'm, the event? He says, I'm not on, yeah, I'm not on a different planet. I am on earth 
in, in an evolutionary time frame. It's a different year element. You see? He says that. I missed that part. He says that, yeah. He says, I was on Earth. I think I missed that part. I, watched, I, I have to watch it again. Because I, if I understood it right, of course, again, sometime when I saw it, but he talks about the evolution of Earth and what happens. But he talks also about the involvement of aliens and so on. But still, the main key here is his experience through time travel. The Philadelphia experiment, which is very well documented because Einstein and Schopenhauer and Tesla were there because they are the, the masterminds of energy and understanding. I think they managed somehow to accidentally create a time warp. And since that time warp, I think we have more alien activity here because somebody on this planet managed to activate a door that we use to travel back and forth and have experiences. But Bob's experience is real. So, but he doesn't consciously remember he traveled then. That, that's what I'm trying to understand. Oh, I remember. He remembers it. He remembers, oh, he remembers it. it. He says, I was in a different time. I was not daydreaming. Oh, I, I was not actually flying around. There were no angels, no trumpets, no harps, no clouds. I was <laughs> in a different environment. But he, basically from what I understood, says it was Earth in a different time. Man, I gotta watch that again. I don't even remember that. Isn't it a little weird that they didn't get rid of him yet? If he ha he knows that much. Well, the government was completely against him. They were trying to. They like they went to his house after he recorded something, and they didn't even have they like backed up stuff. The three of us, okay, send it out there. How many people do you think they're gonna say not cases? Lots of people say he's crazy. No, so easy. But then, yeah, yeah. But then he's on Joe Rogan. Do you know what I mean? He's talking to Joe Rogan. He's talking to him. And it's like. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. I have to hear that one. The thing in Bob's, Bob Lazar's story is he never changes his story. Ever. It's literally, um, you know, and Bob, did you have pizza? He said, dude, there is no such thing as pizza there. No, it's, he always remains within the vicinity of his own experience. It says, and suddenly we were back. Fascinating. I have to watch that again. Yeah. And when you go to Montauk, where the whole thing took place, in, in the Hamptons, Montauk and the area around the world is eerie, is eerie. People love it because it's, of course, the Hamptons and people are rich and, you know, drink and snort cocaine basically all day. But uh, <laughs> you know, when I went, they did. Uh, but it's an eerie atmosphere. You can feel that something strange happened there, you know, something strange happened there. What about uh, like Mount, Mount Shasta? People talk about aliens going to Mount Shasta oh. or like it being a portal, I guess, or something. Yeah. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah. What's your feeling it, there? Mount Shasta is a natural vortex. That's it. Okay. That's it. It's a natural vortex. Some are man-made. Some mm -hmm. are natural. Again, Mount Shasta for me is a very highly spiritual active place. That's the idea. So it is a place like, um, now it's forbidden to go, I think, uh, to climb it, but Uluru, for example, in Australia, you know, it's a piece of rock that doesn't belong there because right. there's, I think, same idea. So um, these are 
natural vortexes. Yeah. Um, when I went there, I don't want to say I was disappointed because I heard all these stories, but I was quite open. More than anything, Ellingsoy, more than anything, I found spirituality there, spiritual active places, vortexes, door openers, that they can be used by aliens, absolutely, of course they can, you see, that between spiritual energy and time energy is just a fraction of a comma, basically, and I'm sure they can use that, so something is going in and out, there is no question for me, but again, in the alien theory, it's always the aliens, the aliens are better, are faster, are quicker, are smarter, and can, you know, not necessarily. It's not always aliens. It's also a much more diverse spiritual community, we would want to say, you know, yeah. in this world. That is the idea. The, I feel the, that. the thought forms that everybody thinks every day, you know. I mean, there's, again, there's a much more complex experience of consciousness. But the alien, again, and it, a real alien experience, you will realize is you can feel nothing. You can feel nothing. That's why so I go back and think about that. Yeah, you know, these abductees, I thought, I can't see it. So either they make it up, or it's because I can't see alien energy being active. There is none of that stuff, you see. But do I believe people who got abducted, I do believe them because they always share the same story that they've been transported through a space. or yes. a, you know, And that means their astral body, this is purely an astral experience, is being pushed up. Their emotional body is experimented on. Yeah, it's something we've, yeah, something we've at least felt, I've felt with some of these quote unquote aliens, I don't know how to call them, I kind of hate that word, mm -hmm. um, is that emotional sense, like we are very emotional beings, humans, right? Mm -hmm. Where I don't feel that as something they experience, right? And you can feel it very clear. You can, don't need to see anything, you don't need to be sensitive. You can sense literally. Nothing. No emotion, nothing. It's almost like static. It's like static energy. I'm so emotional. Thinking about having emotions makes me emotional. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. So we would, you can definitely feel the difference to it. Weird. You know? And I've seen this also in two cases, uh, very independent from each other, different time uh, periods, where a channel went so deep into a cosmic communication that for a good two or three days, I could not see any aura, chakras, or, you know, and the biggest thing was no sense of time. All she could do was sleep for three days. You know, morning, noon, night, lunch, breakfast, nothing Nothing was important. She was completely out of it. And that, I believe, was real. Yeah. That, I believe, was real. Yeah. 
the whole time thing, going back to that, it's such a human thing, right? We have 24 hours in the day, like seven days a week. Like, And aliens would see time only as finite or infinite, you know? And the, the evolution of a species is important. Uh, the importance uh, in this evolution is uh, defined by the ability to see things from an unlimited point. I love that. That is the idea. And that is when we have cosmic excess and galactic excess and, and beyond that, of course. Would that break then that... that- perception and that control of time then us all opening up to that infiniteness imagine you are in a star trek a star trek with warp uh, energy um and still right captain kirk says how long mr zulu will it take us to get from here to there just seven days right they still have to travel in light speed seven days so to speak to get from a to b mm-hmm. a journey which would take 500 years 5000 years normally so to speak in other words, the moment that we can, and we did already um, experience, um, remember the, the, um, the plane, uh, the Concorde? Mm-hmm. Three hours in New York, people were like, crazy. What? Right? Um, you know, our ancestors came on a dumpy ship, basically, <laughs> from Europe uh, for like six months and drank, drank like, Seawater. Rain, basically, from a barrel or something to survive. And suddenly, in three hours. I mean, I just took a flight from Madrid to Uruguay for uh, 11 hours and 52 minutes, just that flight, 17 hours in total. I was like, what? This is bullshit. I have to be flying for 17 hours to get to South America? And we soon are getting a different time experience when, um, when... I call it stratospheric traveling happens, which means you take a plane, it goes like a rocket up, and you are basically in Argentina from, uh, or in Uruguay within half an hour. That, oh, that's amazing. That, 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 that sounds amazing. Sign I just me want to up. close my eyes and go there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, so this is something that I said already a gazillion years ago. This will come. And I always saw through the... Account, in our lifetime. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see in our lifetime that we will travel and also they will manage to, uh, to create replicating machines of um, matter. That means all these, you know, creating a burger out of energy yeah. is happening. I can feel and I can sense it, but it can only happen because it existed already. If humans developed it or aliens developed it or human in connection with the gods, remember? The mm. gods were all here. So what if the gods were actually our ancestors and said, let me speed up your process a little bit, you know? And we did that. Again, my guide always said, you give your own race too little credit. You think you are like this monkey which decided one day to stand up and, you know, happen to have a cell phone in his hand. Now I think that's the, you know, TikTok is the evolutionary pinnacle of your existence. There's, there have been very exciting, very highly technological understandings before that. You see? Oh, yeah. But it gets lost because of destruction, because of... Is it possible that it's also a like a collective decision to kill it, kill it all down, to reboot it again so we can have the experience and expand even more souls as well? 
Sure. Sure. You just need enough people to say, possible. And the moment they cross this threshold of possibility, it has to materialize. Is it possible to run 100 meters in, in uh, 10 seconds? Yeah, because somebody did it in 11 seconds. Somebody did it in 15 seconds. Now we have somebody, Usain Bolt, who ran it in like eight seconds. Mm-hmm. So the collective world says, do you think it's possible to run this in seven seconds? Possible, because we've seen evolution in time of physical ability to deal with gravity. Mm-hmm. You know, look how we age. Look, I'm 52, you know, and I've seen pictures of my father at 52. Not good. I was just talking to somebody about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, it's different now. It feels that yeah. way at least. We age completely different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like we're all healthier. And we're talking about, well, it depends what you put in your body. But um, you understand the idea is, of course, and one thing of alien energy is that there is no such thing as an aging process, at least not the way we um, would perceive it. I mean, some of them supposedly live up to like 500 years. Infinite. Again, when time plays no role. Look, let, let's go a step further here. If no one ever on this planet would have convinced 10 people that death is a real thing, do you think that death would exist? Or in other words, ask, is death just here because we start believing in it long enough that we created death as an experience of getting in and out of body. Well, that reminds me a little bit of access bars when I studied that. At one point, the teacher talks about a point we have in our head and the access bars thing where it's like, it works with your subconscious belief of aging where like you only age because you were told you're going to age and so you just age. Yeah. Right? It is principally how the brain works. The brain doesn't care. You know that if an experience is real or imagined, it will react to it. Yeah. So if you tell a society long enough that uh, the government is uh, hiding information from the population, then just take 10 people, 20 believe it, 30. Now we have a whole slew of people who think, you know, without any shred of receipt. I believe that though. I really, I believe the government knows a bunch of shit that we're not being told. Absolutely. But they realize, and again, what I see and what I've seen my way is I've seen groups of people who know, who know the truth. And the truth is that we are the aliens. We have been these aliens. We have been this advanced race, which basically, you know, for whatever reason, decided to, you know, put a stop to it. We call it Atlantis. We call it Lemuria. We call it all kinds of things. But trust me, we are not the the most technologically advanced society. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we will so, not remain the only one. You know what I mean? I know we got a little off track, but like that guy at the at the diner. Uh-huh. What what did he tell you that you could tell us? Or if anything. He told me a lot or he revealed a lot of what I just telling you. That for them space is not as relevant as time. And that these vastness, this vast journey, so to speak, can only be accomplished by an understanding of how to bend 
time. Mm. Yeah, because if they would do it, which is logic, in the space continuum, they would. I mean, at the time they arrive here, it's it's like you know they're atomized, so to speak. You know, so yeah. I try to simplify the concept because it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it without becoming academic now. And I know people with come and stuff and say it's totally different, but this is how I perceived it, and that was the only way to understand this guy. It was purely through my emotion, funny enough, you know, there's this totally emotionless guy, I mean, very Dr. Mr. Spock, you know, logic, common sense, you know, why would you do that and why would you ask this? But what I realized is that they are absolutely, um, they, that he told me that his world just reached a moment where they crossed the threshold of uh, limit to unlimit. Oh, wow. And the moment they crossed this, the whole society changed. There was wow. basically you know, clarity, transparency, openness, and they changed the society rules. And the rules were, we don't need, in our words, we would say, we don't need money. You see, So I want to make it very simple why I'm saying all these conspiracy theories are important to distract from the fact is, if we realize that we don't need to pay for energy, that we can grow our own food, that our bodies are capable of nurturing themselves, or worse, we don't need to physically die if that is something you choose. Then so sick, I mean, is, what about sickness? I was thinking about this with like the whole COVID thing happening. And like I've been channeling things from the Kashuk Records. I've been thinking, what the fuck? Why does disease still exist here anyways? We didn't sign up for disease, did we? Like Every disease on this world, every disease especially a collective disease, is a speed-up process. Mm. People get sick in order to speed up an experience. And basically, we could say the last four years were a way backwards to some degree. I'm just leaving it there. And nothing evolved enough. So the virus says, I got to get you all speed, sped up to a place because this is not going in the right direction. And again, if you see at administration's in various countries of this world, you know, Poland, no, no woman's rights basically because they you can't have an abortion anymore there. What what is going on? You know, yeah. no gay zones are here about. Um, of course, we had here, you know, Mr. Looney Tune basically, you know, uh, thinking about an America 50 years ago. We're talking about an America right after the war, and that's what he considered was great. So again, look how unhinged the world became. The virus came, says, stay all home and get a grip on yourselves. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> you know, get a grip on yourselves. Yeah, like so the cashier record said, like, go in. Go home and go in, kind of. Absolutely. And I said to people, I felt so much gratitude for this virus hmm. because it stopped... It stopped this crazy, almost 22 decades of traveling and traveling and traveling and traveling. And I thought, I'm losing myself. You know what I mean? It became yeah. this routine, basically. And um, it was a blessing for me. But I yeah. see from a larger point, every illness speeds up consciousness. And look at the, um, the, the Spanish flu. Look what happened after that. Look at the evolution right after that. 
Look what, at I don't know, I didn't check what happened. Vaccines, medicine, surgeries, atomic bombs. You know, I mean, in a short period of 30 years, look at it, what development the world made. So mm -hmm. I'm expecting after COVID exactly the same thing, you see, and it will. So, you see, if you go to the medieval times and look at the pestilence period, look right after what happens. So whenever we have in history really detrimental situations, illness, massive wars, of course, uh, you know, where you go to the limit of self-destruction, look what happens at time of blossoming happens. You see? And on the 21st of this month, Saturn finally moves into Aquarius. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and look at the details of that uh, element, always life-changing, ready or not. Ready yeah. or not, you see? And the world says either you make the job or you don't make the job. That's what it is. Still, I read just yesterday that COVID has a survival rate of 98%. You know? I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, and the only thing that to say is wear your mask and wash your hands with soap. Really, dude? That is the, you know what I mean? I get it. I get it. Such a weird time. It's a weird time, but it makes a lot of sense for me. Uh, spiritually speaking, yes. It yes. is definitely a preparation for something greater to happen. And it has to go with a collective consciousness. Yeah. We have to start yeah. really, you know, for me, it started when a lot of the Me Too movement started. You know? Yeah. There was courage and people came out and said, it's 30 years ago, but that's what happened to me. And there was a consequence to it. You can't just go and say, well, you know, it happened 30 years ago. Oh, no, you're still responsible for it. And as a collective, we started questioning our values, you know, and how normal it was. I mean, look, go to Argentina, you know, and uh, I remember my first workshops in Argentina. Um, macho guys who not even good looking, but... Macho guys with a wife, their three children, adult, meanwhile, his former lover with a new baby and his new lover with the baby. And that was full in our workshops. And I said, you can't do this. And they would look at me and say, no. I mean, I remember Lorena and I. Oh, yeah, but so vividly, you know. We did college here. Like we studied here. We did college here in Uruguay, which is next door to Argentina. And you would see the construction site and you would actively as a woman cross the road because you're preparing for the amount of stuff those men were going to scream at you. What and it was else, every time. And what else did you learn? That's what you have to do, my dear. You're a woman. That's what women do. You cross the street. You see, yeah. I think a great deal of that has changed. A great deal of that has changed. And um, I always said the new decade will be a decade of the matriarchy the feminists returning in power and this new administration <laughs> we have a ton of women um, you know I hope they give Pete Buttigieg a good position because that would be in my lifetime as a gay man that was already mind blowing that the guy even ran and was so you know what I mean um, you see that is for me the most alien energy it's not some guy from space it's that is a very alien moment you see that there's a transformation of thought. Again, aliens and cosmic helpers are very, very similar. 
very similar. But just because a being is from outer space or outer galaxy, it doesn't mean it's familiar with what is going on on this planet. Very often, you know, the ones that I met, they said, you know, and the guy in the diner, he said, I don't get it. I don't get it. Look around mm -hmm. how you treat each other. Look around how you treat each other. That was like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Wrong? What's wrong? You know, and what he hinted on was, look how they treated women. Look how rude this other woman was. Look, the guy is complaining about his runny eggs the fourth time. The other one is complaining because he didn't get the car. Look at this. He says, you know, look at this. Of course you need help. But not by let's come and build a better society because you are screwing it up. Rather, let's inspire you. Let's motivate you. Let's, you know, that's the idea. And therefore, aliens and cosmic helpers, as I call them, very often are connected to readers, magicians, witches, healers, and inventors. You know, so the Elon Musk, I mean, what a complicated person Elon Musk is from what I hear. Yeah. Not that I know him, but look at him. Look at him. Steve Jobs had a vision. Einstein, don't need to talk about Tesla. Of course, there are really people out there who change the definite perception of how we see the world and the universe. Every day now, BBC sends me a little text, a new discovery about galaxy, a new discovery about the third planet here. Every day something happens. We become, you know, we're crossing this definite idea. Yeah. You know? And still we have four million people are here who believe that the earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah. The Earth and they get very angry about it, only, though. And the only reason is they don't want to be part of the collective. We want to be special, and so we're going to believe in something so ridiculous, but at least we're not part of the collective. So everything that is very individualized, unlogic, the receipts are there, dudes. I mean, you know, the sun is round, Venus, Mercury round, Mars, everyone, but we are a flat disk. Yeah. I mean, come on, come on, see? But again, one started the story, another one picks up, 10 say, yeah, four million later, you know, we are the special ones because we figured it out. And it's not about they figured out, but I think they just want to be special. That's all it is. Nothing else, you see? Nothing else. Yeah. So again, um, in the end of the day, Consciousness and awareness is a very powerful tool, isn't it? And when it comes to alien energy, um, if you want, I, people always say, how do I channel aliens? By being, by reaching a point of everything is possible. Mm -hmm. You cannot have limits, so to speak. Talking about aliens and, you know, these kind of channels, if you read, to this day, if you read Jane Roberts, Oh, yeah. I've, I've started reading Seth material. Yeah. No. Real. Real. Because the woman itself was dumb, by the way. I mean, she was not the smartest <laughs> person on the planet, you know? Like um, Edgar Casey. I think he had an IQ of 90 or something. I mean, again, not the smartest person. But once connected, what came through is almost mind-blowing, which means crossing the boundaries. Mm -hmm. See? crossing um i remember the first book of ramtha it was 
in German, a white book with a white spiral, no title, and we knew that is the Ramtha book. Um, I don't even know the lady who did it, but uh, this, this Beverly Hills looking housewife basically sitting there and channeling this incredible consciousness. Only once in that period of that white book, so to speak, she was connected to it. After that, I don't know who she talked to, but it was not Ramtha anymore. Mm. But in that moment, you know, in the consciousness of channeling um, from that source of unlimitedness, I want to say it, to this day when you read it, it's like mind blown because it forces you to think outside the limits of what society says, um, education says, church says, and so on and so on. You see? Yeah. And look, we have evidence for this. My parents went to school. They didn't even know what an atom is. I went to school. I learned that you can split an atom. Mm -hmm. We're talking about my lifetime. Yeah? yeah. Talking about 50 years now. Um, you know, the whole mindset changed. Now, imagine another 50 years. Yeah. In numerology, uh, where I always say every 50 years of a century, um, every 50 years, something shifts, something changes. And again, talking in time, the only thing where I can say something is happening is in a time frame. When time speeds up so quick that consciousness has to follow. You know, it's almost like the speed of time somehow and the expansion of consciousness forces the collective to 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 follow as quick as possible, you know? And then we have a couple of people say, refuse, I'm not going there. Mm. You know, and they are the ones who I always say, they fall through the cracks, you know? They die of COVID, they, they believe in flat earth, they believe that, you know, we come from the monkeys or God knows what, you know? Again, our species is very trained to, to be, to be, um, unique you know uh, that's why we have vegans that's why we have uh, you know when i went into veganism and into raw food for example most fascinating crowd of people but also i met some of the most arrogant and judgmental people you can imagine you know i mean you know and i can say they're right you know what i mean i can agree with them in a lot of elements when we look at how animals are being treated on this planet. And you know what I mean? I mean, I don't even want to go into the ethic element, but the judgmental oh. approach to it. I thought, I want a piece of meat and I haven't eaten meat in, uh, you know, in like 40 years, you know? But you know what I mean? Again, it's this, I am better than somebody else. And as long as we have this, I am better and I'm better, there will be no collective. Yeah. You know, I mm -hmm. wish you, uh, you know, I wish you exactly the same expansion of consciousness like everybody else. You will benefit from it because you're going into that alien space. A space this is the one, okay, I can say it. The, I said, I asked my first contact, I said, what is a spaceship? You know, what is a spaceship? What is it made of? He says, it's made purely from infinite consciousness. We don't think about building it. We just 
agree that it's possible to exist in itself. So it is a state of mind. Wow. It's nothing but a state of mind. And I'm like, state of mind, explain this. So all he transferred to me was a brain, the brain, then he flattened it. He said, there's a UFO. Oh. <laughs> that's interesting. No, that's, that's what he showed and thought, I understand. But it went always back to the same idea. And when people talk about aliens and everything, I listen very carefully because I'm waiting for keywords, you know? And the one is time, and the other one is basically infiniteness. There's a lesson there for us too, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's what I took out of it. These two things I took out, but, oh my God, you know, the most, you know, yeah. once you reach this level, that's the idea. Once you reach it, you go into a directive which you can't even comprehend, you know. And once you do it, yeah. like you do, you guys go into the Akasha to a regular basis. So the people who listen to you and follow and, and say, you know, a lot of logic stuff comes out of it. It must be real because I can understand what comes through. It makes sense. Yeah. That's why, you know, when, when, when I hear this, our, our ancestors are coming back to save us. From what? You know what I mean? From what? Save us from what? No one's going to take care of your life. No alien will come and say, oh, yeah, now there's a task. I'm going to go and clean up hunger, yeah, no. racism, and everything. No, no, no. We've got to go through it, you see. They've done it already. Yeah. So they say, we've been there. We crossed that line already. Now we're watching. And that is the, the diner guy. He said, we're sitting here and watch in full excitement how you step by step, inch by inch, overcome your prejudice, your judgments, and a collective love for the forces of nature. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that was a very peaceful moment. I still was taken aback by it. Give me a damn chakra. Give me something to read. Because <laughs> I, so, I was so used to, you know, I don't want to say spy on people, but, you know. Getting insight, yeah. I can tune into everybody I want, unless I don't like them. Right, then you just block it. Unless I don't like, I see nothing. It happened just a few months before we came here. Um, a very prominent couple came. And all I thought the first was, can't stand them. Can't stand them. And the reading didn't happen. You know? Oh, wow. Right? And it didn't happen. I said, listen, let's, let's stop. I can't, I, no, we're not going to get along very well. And all I thought is empty, shallow, unrefined, I don't know, it, but that was only my impression. But that was the, that these are the only times that I can't see anything. Nevertheless, there's energy, there's chakras, there's something going on. But when it's completely devoid, you know, of all these elements, which means if you would do Killian photography, mm. right? What, what, what would you see there? It'd be like nothing. nothing. <laughs> Mm. Like black, you would see not. You would just see an outline. You would see nothing exactly. Yeah. You know, because everything organic I mean, is vibration that you can photograph, mm -hmm. and that is so interesting. 
you probably ran across from aliens and didn't even notice. No, for sure. That's why I think I'm like, I should think back to when I you felt know. that way with somebody. They're really good in wow, yeah. blending in. How do you blend in? By diminishing your energy. Mm-hmm. That's what shy people are, right? When they're really timid and shy. You sit on their lap, basically. Say, I didn't see you sitting there. They become so <laughs> visible. Same idea, but now it's deliberate. Do you think that also there's, I mean, we, you hear revamping like the last few years of like people going, I'm a starseed, I'm a starseed, right? Do you think that's also like the consciousness recognizing itself that they know that they've been incarnating other places? Yeah, I totally believe this. You know, I did for many, many years past life regression and I developed my own little system to make sure that people really are not in some fantasy meditation journey but really in an experience. It takes quite some time to get to that level uh, of, um, of um, wave, brainwave, you know, it's a really deep state. And I happen to, um, to experience with people, and they said, I'm not, in, I'm not looking human. I'm not looking, I said, okay, how do you feel? And literally it was almost, the one thing that they all said, these five, I think four or five cases I had, wasn't many, but they all said the same thing, infinite, infinite. So they couldn't understand, they said, am I on a different planet or am I dead? No, because oh, that wow. of timelessness, infiniteness is when we pass over, when we get out of the physicality, you see, that's the spiritual energy, that's Akasha, right? Yeah. What do you mean Akasha? Is there time in Akasha? No. Yeah infinite variations of experience that is cataloged into time frames that you have to define because Akasha says, I'm sorry, there's no time here, you know, but you define your time frame. That's what you do. And so you understand, um, it was fascinating to hear that these people said, I'm definitely not on this planet, you know? And I said to one, well, how do you make experiences? She said, well, and I had two people who described this independent from each other, years apart. I'm going into this glass dome where every experience in the universe is cataloged, like a little, like a mini Akasha, so to speak. You go in and you say to the receptionist, I would like an experience of being um, um, megalomanic uh, leadership and uh, how to fall apart. So she says, give me a second, ta, 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 ta. we have Napoleon. What do you think? You want this costume? So you basically put yourself into that form, like Halloween, you're dressing up as something. This dress contains all the experiences that fit into that form. You run around for a couple of weeks, make your experience, and when you're done, you take it off and give it back. And your experience is part now of this costume. Yeah. Oh, wow. So if I wear uh, being Marilyn Monroe, so my Christmas experience goes also to the costume. Then Lorena comes and says, can I have that? Then Lorena's energy goes in, but you also feel Marilyn's energy, my energy, my experience, and then your energy. Then Lucia comes and says, okay, that one. So she has now Marilyn's energy, Chris's energy, and so on. And I said, this is how you're eager. She said, oh, we would never say 
deliberately in one physical form. Mm. Mm. And they all, I think all, I think it was five people, if I'm not mistaken, so long ago, I didn't, re- I didn't really catalog all these experiences, but I remember them because they were so unique. They all said, um, when they came back, they, uh, you know, and I followed up with them, how do you feel? And, so, and they all said, I'm totally homesick. Oh, no. They all went to depression. It was like mm. a rude awakening to some degree, you know? They were like, what the hell is this? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. my gosh. A lot of our genetic cell memory, cosmic cell memory. Remember, we are um, scientifically made of stardust. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So they say, well, everything is programmed. What was, what was the stardust connected to? You see? So we have that memory in our, in our physicality. I actually resonate a lot with what you were just saying because it brings me back to it's an event that I had and I don't remember anything when I was young very much like I block I seem to block everything out but I had this one event when I was seven years old and I was running into the little room that Lorena and I had at the house we lived and there's this full-length mirror and I just I remember I was being seven and just stopping and seeing myself and going (gasps) and I started freaking out I'm stuck this isn't me oh my god I'm stuck get me out oh my god and I don't know how long it lasted. It maybe lasted a minute or two. It felt like it was just the impression that it left me. Like till this day, I remember feeling that feeling of recognizing that this is not me. Never left my consciousness. Like I can remember that the, yeah. everything I felt. We find we, we find these moments a lot without without. I want to be careful because I don't want to make the or actual experience uh, devaluated in a, devaluated in any form. But when we, when we have people who are transgender, transsexual, intersex, you know, who feel trapped in a different body. Yeah. I can understand this a lot because oh, yeah. so these people for me are the real aliens. You know, they definitely represent for me that experience. They say, I am in the wrong body. Yeah. You know, I'm carrying a physical experience which is the wrong costume for me, so to speak. And I totally believe it. And how do I know, by the way, again, this is all about chakras and movement in chakras. In a man, the first chakra goes clockwise, the second counterclockwise, clockwise, counterclockwise, and so on. In a woman, it's the opposite. uh, Counterclockwise first, second is clockwise, third is counter, and so on. This is the polarity of feminine, female, and um, male and female. When people came to me, we talked about many years ago, and you know, I'm, I'm, it's getting very emotional for me. And they said, you know, can I come dressed as my true self? And so, what the hell does it mean? You know, that you can come anywhere you want. And here is obviously a six foot nine man in high heels, you know, hair everywhere in the bra, and you know what I mean. And, and I thought. Oh my God, that's what he meant. And this dude comes in and all I could feel was feminine energy. Really? So physically a man. And most cases where I consulted medically was when the parents, of course, knew about me and trusted me and they said, they want, if we have a, ch- a child with two genders, for example, should we do what, they want to do surgery, what should we do? What is it? A boy yeah, which one do you choose? I would, I would look 
After a year, I would look at the first chakra and what movement it saw. If it went clockwise, boy, counterclockwise, a girl. Right. And I was always right, always right with the movement because the kid really developed as a boy or a girl. So when an adult man or woman, very often women come to me, you know, and they say, I'm a lesbian. I'm like, are you sure? Very alien feeling, you see. You feel like an alien in your own body. Don't need to go to outer space. Here's the alien experience. Yeah. And they said, you know, I don't know. I said, do you think about a transition? I, said, I don't know if I make it up in my head or if it's real. I said, let me check. So when the first chakra was in a man, female direction, I said, you're a woman. You're clearly a woman. Is there an energetic way to change that instead of having to physically like it's more complicated to change, right? The, the physical, isn't it? The body has to adapt to the original energy. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is, for me, an indicator that there is maybe an alien experience where you can go in and out of experience, then you give them back. See? Mm -hmm. And the soul says, let me try this earth thing. You know, I heard so much about it. You know, can be fun. Stuck. Hmm. And you hear a lot. I am trapped in the wrong body. Yeah. And the only way I can identify it is through the chakra movement. You see, so when I have, yeah. you know, somebody like um, Caitlyn Jenner, for example, you know, I always thought he's gay. I mean, and you see the eyebrows on this dude, you know, <laughs> well, when a man has eyebrows like Liza Minnelli, something's wrong, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, and manicures and stuff. But... You know, there was a lot of feminine energy in this very athletic body that he came out, not as gay, but as a... No, I was not surprised at all. Yeah. Because in the end, first chakra went feminine. You, see? Mm -hmm. you can see that on a, t like on a video or on TV. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I lived in LA for 20 years. It was right in front of me. Right. You no, know, right in front of me. This is also how we can see gay people... Um, gay, male, and female, because um, uh, same sex means exactly this. The first three chakras have to run in the same direction in order right. to attract somebody. So when I have men who basically say, um, 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 one day I discovered that I was gay, actually, you know, it has, it has only to do with the movement of the first chakras until they are running smoothly during the original identity, so to speak. Um, I had a woman who had first is left, second was left, third was left. You know, and I looked at them married with five children and said, you're gay, you're a lesbian. What did she say? Well, yeah. She would run out and say, don't tell anybody my secret. Oh my hmm. gosh. You know, which is as a gay sad. man, sad, you see, but remember, this is almost 30 years ago. Yeah, you know? I mean, I can't believe that people think that they have the right to tell you who you can be with. Like, you can't be with another woman, you can't be with another man. Like, what do you care? Go live your life, let me live mine. Like, I never really understood that. Yeah, and that's why no alien ship will make the trip to come here and fix that. Oh. Don't you think, though, sometimes I think, like, if aliens were to come, we would all come more together and be like, whoa, we're the common race now. They're the weird ones, right? Let me say anything can happen. Because remember, this is a world which is dominated by fear and unworthiness. 
And a great, great deal of that is part of the church and of organized religions in general. They start with the whole concept of, you know, um, if you believe in this, you have to die. My God is better than your God, and so on and so on. So literally, the Vatican, I think a couple of years ago, said there is probably alien life somewhere else because literally, if the aliens show up, that is the theme of God. You know, it's it deletes the, you know, what God is it that comes here, creates us, and then what, 50 others? You know what I mean? Or five gazillion others? So it's the fear of losing, loss of power. At the same time, if we come together with consciousness one day, not in my lifetime, but one day, we all delete this fear because yeah. it's exactly what you described. We don't mm -hmm. care who lives with who, why you choose, why you do. All we do is that we speak the same language. And as long as we don't speak the same language, you know? Yeah. I, I knew this teacher who was very pessimistic and she said always, as long as there's people, there's going to be conflict. You know? And I thought... Wow. You know? <laughs> faith, faith in us. Yeah, she's so positive. <laughs> That's one way to think, you know? It was quite a bitter statement. But at the same time, I could understand it. But the antidote to all this is exactly what you guys do, is let's just contribute with a little podcast, you know, a little podcast to reach people. Because even if 10 people only hear it, yeah. only 20 will be talked about, 30. And just the fact that, I, you know, you go to a party and say, you know, I heard this craziest shit on this podcast. It's so nutty. But, you know, I was ironing. I was doing my fingernails. I was waxing. You know, I listen. It's crazy. Just listen. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. Just the, the consciousness of this person, the awareness, being exposed to a different possibility. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's like, our goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you cannot, and that's why all the people say the alien will come, the alien will come, the alien will come. They all have one agenda, speed. We want to speed this up. You cannot speed evolution. No. The aliens would come now, we would all worship them and be slaves to them. I believe because, that. You know, the gods are back. That's the idea. You know, the gods are Or Or machine guns would, would be taken out and then the governments would fight against them or something. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, we've been on here for over two I, I know, we took up like so much of your time. <laughs> Sorry. When we ever have a short talk? No, we never do because because no <laughs> one actually hears what we talk about before or after. So that's <laughs> true. That's true. But thank you but, so um, much. That is my take on all things alien visitation. You know what I mean? And again, time, time exactly. So you understand? I hope I can inspire people a little bit to look into these time ideas and. Um, how um, physics will develop, obviously, in our uh, understanding what time linear, not linear is, and so on, you know, um, and by the time we can master, by the time we can master time, <laughs> you know, we cross a threshold of consciousness. And the moment we do this, ready or not, that happens literally at every beginning of a decade. And so 2020 is not the beginning of a decade. 2021 is the beginning. Always the one is the beginning point. And the nine, 20, 
29 would be the end. 2030 is not a turning point. You see, 21, um, 2031 would be the beginning. Right. So, that makes sense. Although you said that because we chatted with Lorena, like the Kashyyyk saying 2021 was the beginning of. Absolutely. So, exactly right. Reconfirming that to, to exactly me. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. You see, and these are, these zero periods, as I call them, are always um, taken over by, um, you know, the forces of nature to some degree, which means, you know, even even when we say that, you know, the, the COVID was made in a laboratory, it's still naturally. Yeah. You know, it's like a laboratory-grown crystal. Yeah, it's still there. It's, it's still a it thing. Still exists. It still has to grow natural, you see? Yeah. So, again, I think that nature put a stop to a lot of craziness. And said it's a reset absolutely absolutely you know i come from a pagan background of course we worship nature we worship the feminine element in nature um we we see things worth being saved and showing compassion to animals and showing compassion to to trees i live with a shaman for christ i mean i mean even if i didn't want this life he has it all day in front of me um and the moment you start value life, because from a quarantine point, you know, then it's over. So we're all going to get a vaccine, I guess, because I said it years ago, they're not going to let us travel unless this. But I again, hope that doesn't happen. Oh, gosh. The only thing that bothers me in it is the um, you must get it. It's the ch- you don't have the choice. See, that's what bothers yeah. me. But I can tell you, just to conclude the idea of consciousness, if you think I'm being forced, enslaved, and manipulated, and my DNA is changed, and all that stuff, then that's how you're going to perceive this virus, and that's how it has to run through your system. But if you elevate your energy, Mm. you elevate your energy, and say, this is good for me, I accept it, I embrace it, I allow it to do only what it needs to do. It can only have the effect that you consciously provide. That you allow. That you allow. I had a, I had a, um, many, I had cancer patients. They said, my doctor wants me to put me through chemo. And all we did was visionary work. You know, the brain didn't care if it's the Bahamas. That's or like not. the Joe Dispenza kind of stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. And we built a mantra, and I said, whenever you get to your chemo, you know, you see the Bahamas, martini. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm great. And she did it so visually that literally the doctor would come and say, I don't understand why you don't have all these symptoms. Your hair should fall out. You should be sick. You should be vomiting. And she said, why are you not vomiting? So she would not have the symptoms. And the doctor was upset. He said, you're well. Mm, you know? And got yeah. Upset. So, and I she, mean, like, to make that even more extreme, you could inject someone who can manipulate their brain so well. You can inject them with poison, and it the, won't affect them. Want, uh, this is something that's so important. Again, I always go back. I want people, if something, if they say, you've got to get the vaccine, please trust me. You have power over everything that comes into your body. You have the power. Nothing can, that's why some people get, you know, 
until I came to this country, I didn't get vaccinated at all because my mother was against it. So if a kid had mums, we would go to mums parties, get mums, come back home, 10 days, and then <laughs> over. And that's how I remember, you know what I mean? No one said you're going to die from it. Right. No one said you're going to die. What, what, what I would give a child is definitely um, the vaccine for uh, uh, where they get um, stiff, stiff, um, stiff bones. Tent, tent, uh, what's it called? Um, no, so... Uh, you know, um, did, like, did did Danica? Like the Danica? No, not to te um, te tetanus. Oh, that's tetanus. Um, but no. you know, that is something that definitely I would do because it's proven that it prevents the infection of a child at that age. People also get older and get it. But so I'm not completely against it. What I don't like is the fear around it, and ten thousand conspiracies. What they will do to our DNA. And this is where, again, that is worse than the virus yeah. or worse than the vaccine. You know? I think it's, it's yeah. so awful, though, that they can tell you what you have to put in your body. Like, where that, have we gotten it as a world? Yeah. Because, again, from a logic point, you know, we're off the alien subject. But at the end of the day, really, the thing is, those who had COVID should have antibodies. They don't need the vaccine. And I yeah. believe that the majority on this planet had COVID didn't yeah. even notice, went yeah. through antibodies and finished. So those who are vulnerable, I think who are exposed to it, hospitals, not they should get it. Absolutely. Older people with a diminished, they might need it. But again, it, it has to do with your consciousness. Yeah, I agree on that. You know, if you think I'm drinking Coca-Cola, it's the biggest garbage, it's also poison, but I'm drinking it. Guess how your body will perceive it. Another example is there are these masters in India, and Professor told me about it, you can research it, who were able, who were able to ingest quicksilver mercury, which is poisonous, and they would ingest immediately after powdered, I think, yellow sapphire. And yellow sapphire is the higher frequency, I'm making this up, of course, uh, I don't know what exactly stone it was, but they would use this pulverized stone Put it another time, it would eliminate the uh, effect of the poison. And you can watch it. You can watch it in a documentary happening. Mm. So I need, I, I need to get to the point where I can eat chocolate cake and lose weight. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I went on a diet and gained weight. And then at some point, you know, because we had Thanksgiving and I made some cake for my friends. So I ate my cake, which is gluten-free, egg-free, vegan, you know, but it's cake. I mean, it's got some sugar in it. I mean, uh, like coconut sugar. The end effect was I lost two pounds. You know, I lost two pounds. It is what you think, how yeah. you think, and that dominates the energy of how you perceive things. If it's alien or if it's your weight. Yeah. It's so powerful. We don't realize that. I think sometimes we forget yeah. that. I get people all the way. Sometimes they are unleashing a slew of fears, and I'm like, okay, can we get logic here? Because at the end of the day, it's yeah. what goes in here which really transcends. No vaccine can harm you, can alter your energy, unless you really know and believe that this is going to happen. It doesn't happen. Otherwise, we all would have now five heads, and I would be six five instead of five seven. You know, doesn't happen. It's just not happening. 
Yeah. Poisonous effects of vaccines will happen with anybody. Of course, it's called experimental drugs for a reason. Mm -hmm. See? But I cannot stretch it enough. In the end of the day, the state of mind, energetically, spiritually conscious, is everything that is the most, is the, is the, the do or die moment. You know? I was trying to think of COVID the other day away because they were like looking at why does it affect certain people and not others? And people are studying, oh, blood types, all this. And I was thinking, did anybody look into the spiritual aspects of who was being affected by COVID or not? I was thinking yeah. about that. Exactly. You know, exactly. And talking about aliens and the whole theory about it, interesting enough, it's not stretched on or focused on one um, specific group of, on this planet. It doesn't matter. I, I know I met people from all sorts of life all sorts of religion, all sorts of backwards that I think there is something. And most I met said, I've seen something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because we have the star seed, as uh, Lorena called it, in our cell memory. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And some people watch these shows and see every month, every season, evidence and say, you know what? Could be. Because they don't smash, they're not beating me with some... No, be convinced this is what it is. They're no. just talking about it, questioning it, like you said. Exactly. And that's what Erich von Däniken did. He wrote Chariots of the Gods, and I think it was 167 questions. He never said in the book, it's aliens. He says, why would it be there? Why is this there? Why the hell would this be there? What is the logic consequence of it? It just went all aliens, you see? All aliens. And all civilization... It was advanced. It was all aliens, and it wasn't. And so we tell our podcast it. followers. Totally. I listen, podcast, I listen to your podcast many times. You choose really nice people, I have to say. So far, I have to say, I've, I haven't been disappointed one time because there's a real, genuine effort in those people. Even if they get a little bit different than, than I see it, but it's not wrong. It's a genuine effort to understand. So I tell you, your podcast helps a lot to we offer so. the thresholds. You know what I mean? You don't know that you're doing it, but it's happening on its own. Yeah. Yeah, it it's, has a mind of its own now, I think. It, 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 was, it was our mission. And then, funny enough, like, at the beginning, we were looking for people to interview. And after a while, they just started coming to us somehow. Yeah. Now it's kind of stopped. I and mean, we've interviewed... Something, let me just say this, Lorena, yeah. uh, because it's so important. When something happens to you and you're not asking for it, you are somehow in some point develop the right vibration for it yeah. so instead of saying should i do it listen if you were not meant to do it this would not happen to you oh no i and the There's podcast at this point is your meeting absolutely yeah and at this point we don't even question if we're going to do it or not like we know we're going to do it we keep there doing it we've been doing there it for over a year this, this is so important i think the 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 surrendering to this knowing when I look at Foster, and I not only I love him, but I admire him, because for 40 plus years, he hasn't budged one bit of his belief. That's what I do, that's who I am, and that's, you know, that's what it is. It's but amazing. maybe, no, there's no but. This is exactly what I experienced. My life is based on this, I'm, you know, you cannot move him one inch. Hmm. I tried, you know, <laughs> you know that's what it is. And that is when definitely a mission, a purpose 
is goes into resonance with the opportunities that Akasha provides. Yeah. You know, call it what you want. The universe, God, the goddess, Jesus, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. It provides you always with the resonance that you can do. So instead of saying, I wonder if I can do it. Listen, you got it served on a platter. Obviously, you're good to do it. So go do it. You see? And that is uh, an important experience now in our days to really, I want to say, surrender to an understanding of nothing can happen unless I am in resonance to it, unless I believe it. Yeah. I like that. That is the idea. That is yeah. I love all the stuff you talked about in the last episode that you that we interviewed you. I still remember sometimes oh, I'll be like too. riding the bike and be like, oh, I remember this thing that Christo said. Such <laughs> good information. Mm-hmm. Such good information. I think people really needed that. Yeah. And this I, too. I try only to go from what I experience and what makes sense for me. By no means that's the only way. But yeah. this is my piece, you know. So for me, aliens are not astronauts, they're time travelers. You know, and time, and, uh, and the more I went, and I said, this makes to me, for me sense. Yeah. This makes sense. Suddenly I had all these people who started talking about changes in time, lost time. Uh, I was in space, it was a week, but it was an hour, but it was, got it. You see? Yeah. Always the resonance will come and serve you with more detail. Speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Like, thank you for talking to us for like three hours. My coffee cup is always filled. Trust me. Yeah. I have my, too. my mate. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And obviously, thank you so we'll much. have you on again for sure, as always. Absolutely. And you're always welcome to talk about whatever you want here. So, um, okay. Yeah. Thank Next you. Fashion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Anytime, girls. I'm, I'm. I love being on your, on your program, and you know, contribute to the larger um, service that you're doing because that's what you're doing. You're doing a large service. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you for saying that. that. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Watch. We hope you enjoyed that amazing episode with Christos. Thank you so much, Christos, for coming on here. We really appreciate you opening up and talking about these different topics as he's been on a few times now, and I'm sure he'll be on very soon again. So thank you so much for coming on. And we want to thank you guys also for supporting the podcast and for listening and downloading and subscribing. We really appreciate it. We hope this episode in some ways helped you open your mind to seeing what's happening in the world right now a little bit differently and to maybe seeing another possibility. So, so yeah, we hope you guys have a great week and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use and to also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. All those links will be on the show notes. And I just want to let you guys know we're going to be taking a two-week break. So there will be no episodes on Monday the 21st or Monday the 28th. So that's your chance to catch up on old episodes and to download other ones. And then we'll be back with season three on Monday, the 4th of January. So until then, guys, we wish you a really Merry Christmas um, and a happy holidays and a happy new year. 
and we hope you guys yeah we hope you guys start your year off really well and that you really put all the intention that you need to into 2021 and we're going to be right there alongside you with um with podcasts so sending you all a lot of love and light and we'll see you guys next year bye guys